So the direction that I'm going to take is the, is the direction that I felt would be good for some of us because many of you guys don't know Taryn and I. Probably uh, half of you do, but there's so many new faces around. Uh, and the word of faith was resting on me this whole week that God wanted to inject something of uh, faith into his people, into you and I this morning, that we would leave with one thing, so full of faith. And faith is, as Maurice just whispered in my ear, it's the substance of things hoped for, the certainty of what we cannot see, Hebrews 11 and thereabouts. But faith is not this wishful, maybe, I hope, it could come to pass, it's probably likely so. It's as certain as the ground that I stand on. Actually, it's more certain than this ground. Because how uncertain is the ground under us in this world today? Like it is, you don't know which way the wind is going to blow. You don't know which country is next going to fall apart economically or a war is going to erupt on this border or that border. We don't know. And in South Africa, it's much the same. There's nothing certain about what I'm standing on, except that I'm standing on Jesus by His grace. Excuse me. That He saved me. And baptized me into himself, along with Taryn, who was my girlfriend at the time, around about 20 years and one month ago, certainty came into our lives. And that certainty, it was interesting, because all he ever showed us was the lamp, the light of a lamp in front of our feet, guiding our next step. And um, I was reflecting yesterday with Dion and a few people. We did some training yesterday. It was really awesome. And you know, the guys, these are all, um, the guys that we're with are elders within the life of Josh Jen churches with the potential to possibly um, lead a church one day. And uh, all I did was put the terror of God in them and make them as petrified as I possibly could because I was just real with them and said like this thing of stepping out in, in what God has asked you to do. That's just a function and a role in the kingdom that they might lead a people. But for every one of us, when we say yes to God, He shows us enough in front of our feet for the next step, doesn't He? And that's this journey of faith, which is so beautiful, uh, so risky, but actually it's the most certain thing that we could ever stand on. It's a, it almost doesn't make sense because we want to see where things are going and we think that's certainty. And the world likes to have all these things planned out and set out that if you do these things, your life will pretty much go like this. Well, I can tell you now, yesterday I sat in a hospital with Taryn and Amar, I want to say my dear grandpa as well. She keeps reminding me. He's 91 years old, which means for as long as we've been together, which is 22 years, 23 years, he's been my grandpa. So when I met great Gramps, he was 68 years old. He'd been retired for about 18 years. He retired at about 50, I think. He was a very uh, clever builder and engineer. He built the foreshore bridges and a lot of Krutuskil Hospital. He was apparently very good in his day. He's got big, strong hands even today. I held him yesterday, and he's fading away at 91. He didn't think he would get close to 91. He used to tell us in his late 60s and 70s, enjoy your life. It's going to go fast. Have children. And he used to just say, like, it's going to go so quickly. And there, yesterday, I sat with him, and I looked out of his window. It was the most peaceful little hospital room because there's nothing they can do for him. The docs are just letting him go off peacefully in his sleep, which looks like it's going to happen. Prayed over him, prayed 
God's presence in the room and just felt His Spirit as, as I laid hands on Him. Taryn did as well. And I looked outside at all these um, buildings in West Beach, and it's at Bloberg Netcare, and a lot of those homes are built on sand. As we know, out on the coast, you always have these cracks in your homes because... <laughs> But he would always talk about like strong building and strong foundations and give this picture of he's about to go off into eternity now, 91 years. And if he was sitting here with us, you know what he would say to us? Life is short. It goes before you know it. It's over. And he had a long life. And I sat there looking at him and realizing everything that he's built, all the buildings and things that he's had a hand on in Cape Town, the family he's built, the home he built, the legacy he's built in his family and grandkids. That it, it's wonderful on this side of, this is how we'll remember him. But, you know, it won't be long until you forget the generation that's gone before. And then it'll be us. Then it'll be our kids. God willing, they'll have kids. And one day we'll be grandparents. And, um, but it's like that. And, the only, and I'm sitting in the, the only thing that matters right now. There's nothing else you can say to a person except may you know the peace of Jesus. May you go into his arms. It is all that matters. You're not talking finance. You're not talking house. You're not talking anything except what's coming next as you pass from this life. As that body gives way, because what's happening with him is a very fit man. All that's happened is he's tired. His body is tired. His body is starting to rest. He's actually an amazingly fit guy um, in many ways. Still walking up the stairs at home up until two, three days ago because he, he stays in the room upstairs. So he's walking up and downstairs. A little bit the shuffling. And I'm like, Lord, give us the eyes to see. Give us the eternal eyes only, Lord, so that we don't miss it in our, we don't get to regret in our older age that we went after things that didn't matter as much. We have to hold these things in tension. So that's been pretty much what I wanted to talk on, is that we, Taryn and I, in this journey, <laughs> We had to get very still to hear the voice of God because without hearing His voice, faith can't come. Without being in His Word and in His truth, faith doesn't come. And without being still and getting away and slowing down, we can't hear the Lord, and you won't hear Him properly. So when it came to about six years ago, that's what I shared with the guys yesterday, we, uh, we uh, stepped out with a few people into Greenpoint to start an evening congregation, and... Uh, it was great fun, but I wanted God to show us like how it was going to work out. And do you think he did that? No. His word is a lamp unto our feet, a lamp in our path, which means we can only see as much as he knows would be good for us to see. So I was sharing with the guys yesterday that uh, if I'd known that it would take about five years to settle and know where we are and who's with us and where we're going, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't have done it because I was expecting God to move at my pace. Tell us now, show us now, let's get going. And you kind of, we rush ahead of the Lord. I want to say that the Lord is so patient. You look at the world around you. How, how many of you, along with me, would, if you were the God of the, the heavens, the earth, the creator of everything, when you look on the news, wouldn't you go, I'm going to come and wrap this place up now and just sort out all the evil? Would, you not, would that not be your response? But he's different. Otherwise, he would have done it already, which tells you about his patience. <laughs> we got to understand his mind. But he's a lot more patient than us. He's a lot slower to act. And, he's, and he's, he's also about building in his time. Sometimes we want all the promises in our life to be now. 
Sometimes we want the whole suburb to be saved now, our families to be healed and saved now. And these are good things to go for and trust for, but we can't run ahead of the Lord. So we need to stop, slow down, and listen to what He's saying. And then when we slow and still and we hear Him, oftentimes we adjust. We go, okay, Lord, you're still in this. You're still busy. You're still building our church community brick by brick. And guess what? When that brick is solid and ready, the next part of the wall can go up. It's no good putting half-baked bricks into a wall and try and rush the building ahead of God because what will happen to the building? It will come down. So even as we build this community, and uh, it's been five, six years, I can tell you that there have been more challenges, as I shared with the guys yesterday, in six years than we ever had in our life. Ever. And uh, it's, it's so funny because... I have to be slowed down by God. Anyone battle to slow down themselves and, and the Lord actually slows you down. I can imagine Camilla, yeah, absolutely, knowing you, he has to work to slow you down because you're a bouncing, energetic person. Tracy, you as well. <laughs> so I can see that. And me, and is that, are we the only honest ones here? <laughs> Morris, Colin, Taryn, Shell, yeah, Jax. Yeah, they, I mean, you can relate, right? <laughs> so what happened was... Um, in the year 1998, anyone not born in 1998? <laughs> yeah. I was already out of school. Yeah. And, I, and I, I was playing soccer in the Sunday league, which is not very wise, but I was 18, 19. I wasn't very wise. And I had my leg broken in a tackle by an adult man. And on Sunday mornings, the danger is many men would go out drinking and partying, and then 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning... Uh, you're playing Sunday League, and as a youngster, you're going for it, and you don't really know, and the guys are lazy, and they didn't tackle pro- he didn't tackle properly, and he went straight over and cracked, and I spun around in the rain of the grass, and my leg was snapped. Luckily, it was a clean break, and I went, and I got it uh, fixed, but I was three months, I had to sit on my back, or lie on my back for three months, and in those three months, I stopped, paused, thought about my life, where it was going, and I still sent my CV in to Cape Town to try and work at a particular soccer magazine, and I never got the reply from, on that, from sending that. It, it was a fax. <gasps> Just remembered. It was a letter on a fax machine through my dad's office, and I got no reply. But I came to Cape Town a few, as soon as I was walking properly again, and I got down here, and I knocked on those doors, and I ended up working in that company for 11 years. And... Uh, God is good. He brought me here, but he slowed me down to speak to me, and um, he made that, that dream happen anyway, which was pretty amazing, but I think the point was uh, slow down. 2011, fast forward, uh, I injured my leg again. Taryn didn't believe me this time. She had a laugh and carried on talking to her friend Kirsten, saying, Neil's acting on the soccer field. I said, I'm not acting. Bring the car. We need to go to hospital, which I did go to hospital. Finally, she realized I wasn't joking. I'm not like those guys on TV. It was real. But anyway, that moment, Ryan had begun to talk to me about coming on, oh, us coming on to his team on eldership. And again, I was not slowing down enough to listen. So we went away, and I was on crutches, and I realized it was at that time that uh, uh, we were in Franschuk. I remember drinking coffee, and on crutches, Neil had to slow down, and the Lord just made it very clear that this was the right decision we need to move forward. I did take my time. We did take our time. We left Andrew Selly's house not giving him a yes, so I'll come back to you. This is a weighty decision. We're, gonna, we're not going to be those that just jump in, in the hype. 
We went away, we prayed, we came back, we heard the Lord, and we were able to go, okay, we can see a little bit of light in front of us, but where are we going? And where are we going? <clears throat> and then the, the final one was uh, taking leadership and uh, moving into the, the place of leading this congregation on a full-time basis. And there was an injury again. It wasn't entirely at the same time, but uh, there was a slowdown again in my life. Also, a sport injury, which put me down for another three months. And, um, and it's just amazing. It's, you know, it's like the Lord always looks after us. Even with through a little bit of pain, sometimes He allows that to happen. I know He didn't cause my injuries, but He used them. He definitely used them to speak and to slow me down. And in those moments, faith comes because you're hearing, you're more intent, you've taken the time. Say, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with us? And ultimately, uh, if we don't do that, we're not going to walk in the things that He has for us. And He has something for every single one of you as well as ourselves. It's just that someone's got to pioneer and, uh, you know, hit the wall first. <laughs> That's our role is that we go ahead of you guys. There's no special role in the, in the, in the life of the kingdom and the church of God. There's no special role. Every one of us have to face the reality of slowing down, hearing what he says, and then, and then in faith responding. It's faith that pleases him. You know, when, he, when we stand before Jesus one day, he says he's coming, his, his eyes are roaming the earth, by the way, and he's looking to see if he can find faith. That's what he's looking for. You know, even if you pack chairs out this morning, you can do it, you know, with faith. Lord, fill these chairs with people who need to hear the message. Or you can pack it out and do the most sterling job and clean them. But if there's no faith, rather pack one chair out in faith. <laughs> you know, he's, he sees things so differently. He responds to faith. He responds to people of a faith who put themselves out there, who will trust him in the ridiculous, trust him in the, in the craziness of what he's called us to do. All right, are you guys with me? Okay. <clears throat> can we rest in God? Can you rest in God? How's your resting going? How's your listening going? A couple of weeks ago, Lee shared a, a really encouraging word for us. But how's it going? Because we quickly fall back into the same patterns. And it's worth asking, are, are, we, are we resting enough to listen? And are we listening well? And what are we hearing? Because here's Jesus. What do we learn from him? I think that he was very good short time on earth, what we see in the Gospels, other parts of the Bible, that he was very good at reflecting away from himself. So Jesus was humility personified. His attitude was, I do only what my father says. So for him to be able to nullify his own will and do only what his father wanted him to do, that he needed to be an excellent listener. And he was someone who rested and got away from the crowds, listened intently to his father, and then from that place of rest operated. And of course, Jesus did great things that uh, we've never seen again on the earth, not by an individual. Okay, another side of that is we can look at what the church, what his body has done when we are gathered together as his body. We've done possibly even greater things together but not an individual because he was God on the earth. But the place of rest that Jesus found is a beautiful picture for us. And I hope that something of that would land in our hearts this morning. We learned perfect obedience from him, perfect humility, perfect self-control, 
and an ability never to grasp. And we know from Philippians, that great passage in the start of Philippians, you'll see that even though he was God and could have, he never, he never in any sort of ambition grasped or tried to do what he actually had the power to do. Yet he laid all of that down and did what his father asked him to do, even going to death on the cross. And you see that great portion of Scripture where, where Jesus said, please even take this from me, Father. It's too much for me. His will was actually breaking in that moment. It, it wanted to stop. He wanted to do what his will wanted to do. He did not want to go to the cross. He said, but actually not my will. And there he humbly laid it down. And in a moment of resting in his Father, it's not my will be done, but your will. In perfect obedience, he then continued with his great mission and task. And this is what he's called you and I to do. And in a sense, uh, we've experienced some of that in our lives and making these decisions to go and to even go into the unknown and where uh, we face our fears. <laughs> and we've faced many fears. So Jesus, in one of the things he said to his disciples, he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Disciples were asking on the topic of being blessed and Jesus' response to his disciples time and time again was, Blessed are those who hear the voice of my Father and obey. Listen and obey. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of faith. This is what he's looking for in us. Are we listening? Will we obey? And will we go from a place of faith? That's all he's interested in. He's looking for faith in us. And it's a beautiful thing to be responding from a place of faith. I feel the Lord has called me to this. It sounds crazy. But if he's in it, we get behind you. We run with you. As the people of God, we come around you because we're attracted to faith, because he's attracted to faith. And that's what we're looking for all the time. Even this morning, as the faith wells up in your hearts, just ask him to show you what it is that he's saying, what he's putting into your hearts, what he's saying to us as a community of faith, what it is he wants us to do. Now, we have an enemy, Satan, the devil, who comes to steal, rob destroy, kill. And you know, one of the things that he's after is he wants to fill us with doubt. He's the accuser. He says you're this when you're actually that. He's a liar and accuser. And he's always undermining and bringing doubt, which is the opposite of faith. So he's at the very thing that matters because he knows what matters. And he knows when we get this, we're dangerous weapons to him. We're dangerous weapons to people that are lost and that don't know Jesus. We are his hands and feet. We are the weapons. And when we operate in faith, he hates it and he's going to come and sow doubt. And then listen to this. What happened when Jesus was confronted? Because when he walked the earth, the devil was after him as well. And he had his tests and he had his encounters. So when Jesus, I want to read actually a, a quote from somebody. His name is Francis Frangipani. Some of you might know. He's got some books of old. And he said this. When Jesus confronted the devil, he didn't confront Satan um, with the emotions, with any emotions or any fear, but rather knowing that the devil was a liar, knowing where his enemy was coming from. He simply refused to listen to his voice or be influenced by any other voice but by his father's. And I love that quote because Jesus didn't focus on what was coming at him or the voice of the enemy, he silenced and he moved into a place of rest so he could listen to the one true voice that filled him with faith to continue the journey. Well, how about this? 
in the Bible, we see that same confrontation, the devil and Jesus. We see the confrontation. We read about it. But in the battle, we never see Jesus cower back in fear. So don't see his ability to rest, silence the enemy's voice, and go to hear his father's voice as a cowardly act. It's not cowardly backstepping. Rather, it's wisdom. Rather, he would go to a place of rest and peace to find the voice of his father and make his father's voice the loudest voice. And when that voice was extremely loud in the sun, he would then operate from a place of power and victory and faith. So never a coward. I think sometimes we look at the battle, we would, why didn't Jesus just go at him and rah, rah? And no, there was a humility about him. He could have, because he was God on the earth. But he, I think that the key is he's trying to show us how to live. That we would, we would not sometimes feel like, you know, we can take on an, a being like Satan in our own strength and audacity sometimes. And hey, we've got this. But actually, let me just, retreat's not even the word. Let me just rest in my Father. Let me find faith. Let me hear his voice. Make that voice loud and then come at our enemy and say, no, no accusations, thank you. I won't believe that doubt. And we become people of faith that live it out daily. And we had to learn that. I remember sitting down with Ryan, and he asked me, do you have fears? Do you have a fear that if you give up your marketplace job and come into a place of full-time ministry with Taryn to take on this, do you have fears? I was like, of course. I've done this for 25 years. If I give this up now, what does it look like? What happens then? And what does it look like when we're the kids and when we grow up? And I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how this would turn out. It's a fear we had to face. We had to put that under Jesus and step out in faith and boldly step into what he was asking us to do. And it's been a joy. And it's been an adventure. And he's been more than doubly, triply good to us in every area of supply and care. And we don't recognize ourselves from before those decisions. We don't recognize. <laughs> and we wouldn't have known what we would see and walk in and experience, and that we wouldn't ever know the kind of faith that we would have inside of us today. Thank you, Lord, for pushing us and using people to bring us into greater places of trust and faith. We need one another. We need to find people who will say, Joshua, what is your fear today? Can I grab you by the hand and point you to Jesus and bring you into that spacious place? You know, when I think of discipleship, this is, um, this is what we're called to do is make disciples of nations and to make disciples of one another. And guess what? Every single one of us can disciple someone else and biblically should be discipling someone else. Did you know that? So if you're not discipling somebody else, God has that for you. So there's an area of faith. Find somebody that you can disciple now. You don't have to be qualified or experienced enough to disciple someone. That's a line of doubt that the enemy will. You're not ready to do it. Dispel that. Find faith and walk with somebody. You know how it started for us? We just jumped out the boat and kept jumping in the water. And as we made mistakes, we learned how to walk with people and how to help people and how to step out in faith. And it's always this thing. Every single one of us has got a space, spacious place. We've got space in front of us. You could be walking there in faith following the Lord Jesus. The, the challenge is to 
get you to see that and then walk in it. And it takes somebody with the eyes of faith to see it and call it out and then say, hey, I'll, I'll help you get there. I'll phone you once a week or we'll have coffee every week and let's go there together. And you walk with one another. Jesus is the one doing it and he gives faith to see. But I would encourage you, if you don't know what it is God may have for you, if you know there's more, find somebody. Pray. Speak. When we go away this weekend, we can have lots of time. You can sit around meals. You can pray together. There's moments. You're going to be snoring together on bunk beds, ladies' dorms, guys' dorms. You can have lots of time when the pillow comes and says, stop snoring, because I've had that before. You can have those times with people, and um, you can really get into one another's lives. That's what we're aiming for. Everyone comes out of there with the eyes of faith to see that there may be something glorious and more for us to walk in together. Okay. Yes, Lord. We declare your voice will be the loudest, the loudest voice that directs our life, that holds our attention, your voice. Not the doubting voice, not the voice of you can't, you're not good enough, but the Lord's voice. It's he and us. We, Dion was going to preach out of Colossians, and I think he still will. There's something just in that New Testament book of being filled. You know, we, the, we are the hope of, for the world. We are the hope for the world. We are the hope in the world. But it's not us alone. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. If we, if we don't step in faith with the Lord, he can't move. So we can actually limit his movement in the earth. I'm going to do a big teaching about uh, the last days now, but I'm very excited. I'm studying the last days in my podcast when I'm driving. If I'm not on the phone to one of you, I've got podcast on. And um, it's just, we're in the last days, guys. The signs are coming fast and the confirmations are happening. And it's radically scary out there. But don't you find that as much as it crumbles out there, when you find the Lord and you see that He's promised these things in Scripture, don't you see that in Him, when you find faith, that don't you feel more and more secure? That yes, it's going to get more difficult. Yes, we're probably going to face persecution. No, let me rephrase that. We will face persecution. We will see maybe even amongst us betrayal from brothers and sisters in the faith. That's going to be hard, but it's in our Scripture that there would be great betrayal amongst, betrayal amongst the people of God, that we'll be persecuted, there'll be pain, there'll be suffering. But you know what will happen? The Bible says there'll be greater darkness. Who's seeing that on the earth today? There'll be more darkness. Are you, are you seeing it? Are you seeing more light as well? So which one is it? Greater darkness or greater light? Now, in these last days, is it greater darkness or is it greater light? Yes, it's both. It's both. It's absolutely both. So as we see darkness increase, the light will increase. And that's us. And as we hold to him, as we become people of faith, that light in us, that hope of glory, will be the answer to the dying world. And so for us to call that out in one another, are we, are we cowering because of the darkness? Or are we stepping out into the light? And what a beautiful privilege to be born in this time. I think it's incredible that God would entrust you and I to live in this time. And even the parents amongst us to raise children in this. It means he believes in us. He believes in the moms and the dads and those that are raising little ones. It's so easy to think about the, the difficulties and the challenge. But that's 
what we've got to watch out for. We need to think the mind of faith and see with the eyes of faith that we're called to live in such a time, raise families in such a time, build community in such a time, evangelize the lost in such a time, because we have all that we need inside of us. We have the faith that God gives us as we rest in Him. So, so why, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Because God said. Why are we here today? Why are Taryn and I here and all of you here? Because God said. He spoke. He placed us in community with one another. It wasn't by surprise or accident or because we liked the music or the venue. We're here because He placed us together. It's a work of God. And when we see that, we realize that is, that is the faith answer. And therefore, it's concrete. It's uh, eternal. And until He decides differently or moves on or changes, this is it. This is His hope for the nation. This is hope for one another. <laughs> He's got an inheritance for us, both in this life and the life to come. Who loves inheritance? Who wants to know what the inheritance is? <laughs> in this life and the next, do you have an idea? We mentioned a book this morning by Randy Elkhorn. There's an amazing author who talks a lot about heaven and eternity. And sometimes I think we should be mindful of these subjects because we don't often look at it intently and deeply. But there's a lot to be excited for in, in, in heaven. There's a lot to be excited for in eternity. And the thing is, what can we take with us? What can we take with us? I can take people. The only treasure is that only thing that matters, you know. Great Gramps is lying on his bed in the hospital right now. All that matters is his soul right now. Can't take family. It's their decision to follow Jesus or not. He can't take home. He can't take wealth. He can't take clothes. He can only take people into eternity. That's all that matters. So we need to hear. We need to be still and we need to hear. And I want to say, like I mentioned earlier, that we must be careful not to be in a rush. Because sometimes we can rush ahead of the Lord. And... Uh, we need to recognize seasons that we're in. God is a God of seasons. His creation of the world had seasons built into it. There was a season of rest. There was a day of rest. It was a time of rest and a time of building. And uh, we need to recognize as well as our family grows uh, in terms of parenthood and life and new jobs and relationships budding, which means there's less and less singles amongst us because there are more and more couples and there's more and more babies and aunties and uncles. There are seasons of life. Everything needs to be approached with faith. And sometimes we're in a season where it feels like summer or spring and everything's growing in our lives. And then sometimes it feels like winter or autumn. And God is just not bringing you into the promises or you're just not walking in what you're trusting God for. Well, recognize the season. Underneath the surface, what happens in those seasons? Autumn and winter. We're the farmers. Stuff is happening. You can't see it above the ground, but what's happening under the soil is actually the most beautiful and vital part of that season. The growth is happening, and eventually it's going to show on the top. So don't despise seasons of maybe dryness, difficulty, where you're not hearing God. Make sure you're aware by the eyes of faith. So go alone and sit with Him. Find out what He's doing below the surface. And now, and I say that to uh, people who've got, I want to say you've got time when you're a new parent. Uh, some of our new parents are not sure, they're nursing babies. You actually do have time. You do. It's crazy at home. But in those moments, your capacity's grown to have children. 
So when you've got those quiet moments, when you're on the strolling on the prom or, you know, trying to get a child to sleep, ask the Lord, what is he doing below the surface in this season? What is he doing under the ground? What, rich, what riches is he putting into the roots of you that when you're up on your feet again and you can travel and do the things outwardly that you love to do, what, what it, will it look like? Don't miss the season. Don't miss the rest times. Don't miss the small moments where you can hear his voice. Hearing his voice doesn't mean you've got to take a week off work necessarily, Monday to Friday, and if you don't get that chunk of time alone, you're never going to hear his voice because that's also where the enemy comes in. Oh, you haven't put the time in. You haven't really cleared your schedule. You're not going to hear the Lord's voice. You know what a quiet moment can be? Uh, a walk around the block at your house. <laughs> a switching off the phone for an hour or two. <laughs> and in those moments, faith can come because you've, you've dedicated that time, like Jesus did, to hear his Father's voice. Amen? I've had to learn that. You know, I'm not very good at that. I'm not. I, I, I'm always on my phone. You guys know. I answer my WhatsApps. You're still typing and I answer, don't I? I'm pretty good at that, eh? Okay, Lord, deal with my pride right now. I'm not proud that I'm really good at responding on WhatsApp. In fact, I want to get so bad, I want to become more like my wife. Because all her friends, when they message me, I'm like, babes, you haven't got back to Tyler. How do you know? Because she's messaging me now. Not to you, not. So I'll be like, I can't get back to your, this friend and that friend. Babes, can you answer your phone? She's having quiet time with Jesus in the room or... She's worshiping and she's crying and I'll get back to them later. I'm like, Lord, give me that anointing, please. She's so good at it. Yeah, sometimes it's a whole weekend and she hasn't got back to someone. But you know what? It's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm joking a bit, but actually it's a beautiful thing to be able to just get through the clutter so that we can be people of faith that hear, that know his voice, that when we get up, we've heard him. And we know and we know like we know like we know that he's spoken and he's put something in us. Amen. And he's doing it now this morning, guys. He's putting something in you. Don't discount the little moments where the Holy Spirit is he's busy with us. He's talking. He might not bring you to a place of like using an injury when you're on your back and crutches to speak to you. Maybe you need less help from the Lord to get before him, then if that's you, amazing. Keep at it. Build that into your life. Build this confidence and the strength to find him in those places. That's a beautiful gift if you have it. But for me, I need help. Amen? He knows. He really does know what we need and when we need it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I just pray for us for a moment? Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you. You're everything to us. You are, you're the one who called us. You're the one who saved us. And you're the one who deposited faith into us. Because without faith, we could not even believe in you. We could not believe, which means we could not repent. We could not change. We could not put faith in you without you first, <laughs> by your grace, reaching out to us, and giving us faith to believe. And then you choose to build this wonderful, heavenly, eternal currency of faith into your people. Say, this is what I'm attracted to. Obedience, I'm attracted to that. Faith, I'm attracted to that. Your searching and longing heart to find me and my voice, I'm attracted to that. 
And I hear him say this morning, I'm not so attracted to what you guys do. <laughs> feel like his father's heart is that he does get proud when he looks over us, like a dad and a mom do. And you know what he's most proud and attractive, attracted to? Our heart's response to him, not the things that we do. And I know we could make many mistakes, even now and into the, the future days of our, of our journey here in Seapoint and beyond. And you know what? He looks at us and he covers over us because he's a good, good father. And he knows his children. He knows our weaknesses. He knows exactly who we are. And what he's most interested in is our heart's response. And when we come to him in faith, we please our father in heaven so much. And I feel like his smile over us. I feel like he's, he's the sovereign Lord over our hearts. He's the sovereign, perfect one who chose to reach into each one of us and save us. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that he is that God, that sovereign, perfect God. But he's also got a great big smile as he looks over us. <laughs> and he's that Father. He's both and. And I feel like this morning, his smile over us is that we'd be a people of faith. And as we've, as we've stepped into faith in our journey, as we've responded in faith, even this morning, the smile of heaven is over you and us. I say you as an individual and us. He's, he's talking to some of us individually this morning. And do you want to just highlight that for a moment? That he would just, you would just experience the smile of heaven, the smile of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I feel like to pray for a few people, and I'm just going to ask Nicole to come, if she doesn't mind, and just share a word that, uh, you can just keep your eyes closed, just hear what the Lord dropped in Nicole's heart um, earlier today. Just listen to this. Yeah, so while we're in worship, I actually just looked through the window, and I saw there was a, um, a parachute, and here these guys, like, trusting in a piece of parachute and a chair, and I was just overwhelmed with this thought of like, sure, Lord, like, thank you for the faith that we have and the ability to, to have faith in you, the unseen. And yet we put all of our faith in things that we can see, like a parachute, the chair in the parachute, the chair we sit on. We don't wonder if the chair is going to hold us. We just sit. We look at the cars. We trust cars to, to carry us or to take us from place A to B and all these things that we can see that we have faith in, but what we can't see is the, the person of Jesus, but we just know he is there. And when we're walking in his will, we just know that as we know, as we know, as we know, everything that Neil's been talking about, we just know. And it's just that little light in front of us and that we just need to step. Um, and I find, I just thought that perhaps today, like a lot of us might find that hard to take that first step, but it is so worth it to take that step of faith. And yeah, I was just so encouraged about the word that I saw or the picture I had this morning and the word the Lord put on my heart. And when I shared it with Marius and Neil, it was exactly aligned to what it is they were talking about today. And I'm just like so overwhelmed with this gift of faith. And it's such a beautiful thing when we take the Lord's hand and just let him show us the next step and the next step. It's not the seen, it's the unseen. So yeah, that's what I want to do, speak of. Thank you. I was just reminded, I don't know if you remember a while ago, the week or two, Nick was sharing about how 
there was something that, that she wasn't clear on with the Lord, and she decided, but I want, Lord, I want to settle this thing. Something upset her. And she said, now I'm just going to go to the Lord and sit with the Lord, whether it's a day or a week or two weeks, until he speaks to me. And she sat, and eventually he spoke to her. And I was like, she got faith. And this, this thing that Neil talks about, um, you must hear. The word says, faith comes th through hearing the word. But the word there is rima, from hearing the living word of God in the moment for you specifically. But you can't, you, you first need to be quiet and rest, make space, and then wait until the Lord speaks. Because when the Lord speaks, nobody can second guess you ever. And then you have the faith. You know, we often talk about this thing of being settled. If we don't settle in the Lord, that He's asked us to do that thing, we won't make it to the end. We have to settle. Because when the storms come, not if the storms come, when they come, if we're not settled, I think of the storms, even the last preach of the week ago, the storms will rage, but when we're settled in the Lord and what He said and what He's called us to and who He says we are, we don't waver. We have this concrete certainty in Him, and it's, it's by faith, and it is so attractive to Him. And you know what? It's attractive to the world out there. The world is actually, without them knowing, they're looking for faith, they're looking for courage, they're looking for people with hope, they're not looking for flimsy Christians who are being tossed around by the waves of doubt, because they, they're not attracted to that. They're attracted to us. We stand in the certainty of God's promise. So I feel like the Lord is dropping faith bombs into your hearts. I've, I've experienced him doing something in me again. And I want to pray. I want to have a chance to pray for us. So can I ask that if you have felt him speak into your heart, even that he's beginning to do a work of faith in you, can you stand so that we can just pray and just some of us just lay hands and ask him to continue a work of faith into your hearts? Can we do that? Just as you have heard him and hear him, even if there's a, an inclination, the Lord wants to build into your faith today. Build into your ability to rest in Him, take time with Him and hear His voice. Just stand and let us minister to you for a, for a while, and I'll get some guys to come around. Is that cool? Maybe some ladies just can go stand, and some guys can stand as well. And um, yeah, we do, we want to ask, Lord, that you'd begin and complete, even this morning, uh, a work of faith in brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, uh, that you'd deposit something into us this morning that would be long-lasting, Lord. We're long-lasting. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just gather around people who may respond, or um, it'd be great to stand with them, just a few people. All right. Thank you, Lord. Just gather around. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. He loves to put strength into us. He desires to smile over us and give us what we need. Fresh touch this morning. Amen. I want to speak to maybe some of us, some of us that are just um, not involved in the prayer, but I don't know everybody in the room. And I spoke about how Jesus saved Taryn and I. Um, well, he called her back home and he saved me 20 years ago, 20 years and one month ago. And what he did was he put faith into me to believe. I heard the word, I heard the message in my chair in the back of a service like this, 
And suddenly my eyes were open and I was able to believe and able to come to him by faith. And it was nothing that I could do because I can't get faith from inside of me. It was the Lord's hand and the Lord's work. It's really important that I make that invitation once again today because I don't know if there's anybody sitting here that has never put their faith in Jesus Christ or never made him Lord of their life and surrendered their entire life to him. So if there is anybody that has never done that and has never had the Lord open your eyes of faith or opened your heart to believe him, I want to ask you to come and let me pray with you at the end of the service. We're going to end soon. I just invite you to come and get to know him. He's incredible. Once he opens your eyes, fills you with faith, you're never the same. And you know him. In that place, you know him right away. He reveals himself to you. And it's the most precious encounter and the most precious meeting of any person you'll ever meet in your life. So I ask you in Jesus' name that he give you courage to respond if that's you this morning. Amen.